It was not the most perfect exhibition game for the Kentucky Wildcats, but I think the positive here is that everything Kentucky struggled with was very coachable. We'll recap Kentucky basketball's 92-69 victory over the Georgetown College Tigers on today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. You are Locked on Kentucky. Your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, what is going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Daw. Rider for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky Athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be recapping the Wildcats' ninety-two to sixty-nine victory over the Georgetown Tigers in their first exhibition game. Some good, some bad. What's the outlook for UK basketball as they head to their second exhibition game before the season begins? We'll tell you on today's episode. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. want to remind everyone out there that we are free and available on all platforms. If, if you have not subscribed to the show already, getting ahead of myself here, if you've not subbed already to the show, whether that be on YouTube or or on podcast, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button. It's free, not going to cost you anything. Would love to have you here on the ride as we kick off, or tip off, I should say, the 2023-24 season. So let's go ahead and get into it. The bright spots for Kentucky basketball in their 92-69 to victory over the Georgetown Tigers. The first thing I want to start off with here. We're not going to do any major statistical breakdown. I want to talk about the individual players, what we actually got to see from them. I think the stats may deceive you a little bit in this. The first player I want to talk about as a bright spot, Adu Fierro. We predicted that he would start at power forward for Kentucky tonight. Not that big of a shock that he did. It was not like we were Nostradamus out here predicting something that was shocking uh, whenever it happened. Kentucky didn't really have a lot of depth, so they had to make do. Adu, though, 10 points on 4 of 5 shooting. He had 4 steals in this game to go along with 5 total rebounds and 4 assists. 3 turnovers there, not phenomenal, but I think that Adu Thiero played very well in his first full-time start at Power Forward. Obviously had to play a little bit of that during the Global Jam. Got to see how physical he was. He also has the ability to bring the ball up the court, handle it a little bit. He showed that off a little bit tonight. It's very versatile basketball, what Kentucky is having to do right now. And I I like the term at times whenever you talk about, you know, positionless basketball. Uh, it It frustrates me at different times because of the fact that you would like to have a more rigid lineup at times. Because of matchups, obviously we'll get into that in the in the in the negatives here. But a Thiero at power forward, as far as what he did offensively and filling up the stat sheet, very impressed with what he had going on. Again, four or five shooting will take ten points any night uh, of the week. The second positive here, the second bright spot I wanted to get to, Trey Mitchell, who was the leading scorer in this game. He had twenty two points on nine of twelve shooting. He was four of five from three. Nine total rebounds, two assists, three blocks. Uh, by the way, Kentucky basketball, only four blocks compared to Georgetown's eight. Um, 
just weird stuff that happened tonight in the first half. I think that Trey Mitchell, look, we talked about this after the Global Jam. I was like, man, he is really filling in well, and he has already carved out an identity and a role on this team. He's the pick-and-pop guy. He's somebody that you can find in catch-and-shoot situations that is extremely consistent. I've been very impressed with what Trey Mitchell has done outside the arc, and he continues to hit. He continues to play well. I mean, if he's able to be this efficient during the regular season, I will be shocked, uh, frankly, to be honest with you, because I didn't know if it could continue. Obviously, this is an NAIA team, a very good one at that, that Kentucky basketball ran away from tonight. But 9 of 12 shooting and then 9 rebounds almost had a double-double there on just incredibly efficient uh, uh, statistics here. Trey Mitchell had a phenomenal night. Uh, I really do hope that he's able to carry over some of this scoring into bigger games for the Wildcats. That's something, again, we'll get to later on in the show. But as far as his individual performance tonight, I thought he did a little bit of everything. I was very pleased with both him and Thierro in the front court starting for the Kentucky Wildcats. The third thing that I thought was a bright spot tonight, Rob Dillingham is insane. Now, I don't want to sit here and talk to you about Rob Dillingham and then, and then say, oh, well, DJ Wagner played bad, and so therefore Rob Dillingham should start for Kentucky make this happen. I was very, very high on Rob Dillingham earlier this offseason. I projected him to start for the Kentucky Wildcats, and he threw two games, quote-unquote, here, the exhibition, obviously, tonight, and then the blue and white scrimmage just a week ago. He's looked really, really good scoring the basketball and distributing it as well. Statistically, tonight, he also dominated 7 of 11 shooting, 16 points, made his only three that he took. He had three rebounds, five assists, only two turnovers, and then two steals as well. He had a very solid night on the offensive end of the floor. I was impressed with the passing. I was impressed with the scoring. The finishing at the rim was beautiful. Uh, just really good stuff from Rob Dillingham. I'm not going to sit here and tell you just because Rob Dillingham played good and DJ Wagner had an off night does not mean that one should start over the other. We should let the coaching staff decide how this is going to play out. If they make a change at some point this season and this continues, so be it. I just really like Rob Dillingham. DJ Wagner didn't have the best night shooting. You're going to have to pick that up. We'll talk about that a little bit more in depth here in just a second, though. The final takeaway, and this is not an individual here. The offense, I think, can be cleaner. And when you look at the statistics, it was a pretty good night. I just think that it can be more dominant. I just think that this team, even though they scored 92 points in this one, yes, 92 points, I'm saying that they could be better. They shot 48.6% from the floor. They ended up shooting 57% in the second half, so that shows you just how poor that first half performance was. They shot 36.4% from deep, 80% from the charity stripe. Statistically, these were not bad numbers. They had 16 offensive rebounds, 46 in total. I mean, this was a good night from a number standpoint. Go and watch this game, though. There were some sloppy moments, some kind of awkward, chaotic moments, some scrappy moments as well. You're going to have to clean some of these things up. And obviously, let's state the obvious here. This is a group of 18 and 19-year-olds who have not played a basketball game, a legitimate serious one in front of a big-time crowd since July. And they've really not played a serious game that matters since their uh, senior year of high school. So let's just pump the brakes a little bit. If you are upset about this game, about how the first half went, the offense can be cleaner. It will be cleaner. Something that I'm going to tell you now that I'll tell you later in the show, nothing that Kentucky basketball did on the offensive end of the floor tonight or the defensive end of the floor, frankly, can it, it can all be coached. It can all be fixed. 
All of the negatives, I think they can be adjusted. This is a young team that can get better. We saw some really good flashes tonight on the offensive end. Those are all of my bright spots there. But what about some of the negatives? Let's actually be honest with ourselves. It was not a perfect night from Kentucky. We'll dive into the negatives here in just a second. Before I do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Athletic Brewing. Athletic Brewing makes non-alcoholic beers that actually taste really, really good. They are full of flavor and well-crafted. They are just like full-strength beer, and they brew over 50 styles of craft, including non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Goldens, Sours, and more. They are the fastest-growing non-alcoholic brewery in the United States, so you need to get on board. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you, or you can buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off their first order. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off over at athleticbrewing.com. That is near beer, exclusions, and conditions apply. Today's episode is also brought to you by Game Time. Boys and girls, you may be looking to get some tickets tomorrow or today, depending on where or when you are watching this, to the Kentucky versus Tennessee game. If you're watching it after that game has unfolded, maybe you're looking to get some tickets to the Cincinnati Bengals game. This weekend, you need to head over to Game Time because they have killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee means Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying you Tickets. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets at your next big event, and Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy all tickets for all different events. So you've got sports, comedy, music, and theater events near you. Really phenomenal stuff that Game Time does for you. You can make your your make your selections for your tickets instantly. You can get it all wrapped up in a matter of seconds. I've used Game Time a couple different times before, actually, to make trips to college football games myself so far this season, and they have been excellent to me. Every single time, again, last-minute deals, flash deals, easy to find and buy tickets for every single kind of event in your area. You need to take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app right now, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, continuing along on the Friday, Saturday, whatever edition of Locked On Kentucky, whatever day you're listening, Lance Daw hanging out here with you. Really appreciate you making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Look, if you have not subscribed to the YouTube channel already, I would really appreciate it if you went ahead and did so. If you're listening on podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you went ahead and subscribed there as well. If you listen on one or you watch on one or you don't on the other, subscribe to both feeds. It would be of great help to me, and it costs you absolutely nothing just to join the ride here. Maybe one day, if you're if you're a podcast guy, maybe one day you want to flip over to YouTube. Or if you really like watching the YouTube, maybe you want to flip over to podcast one day. Who knows? Go and subscribe to both feeds. I would really, really appreciate it. Let's talk a little bit here about the negatives for Kentucky basketball in this game. Again, this is a 92 to 69 victory over a really good NAIA team. A very, very good one. They came out swinging in this in this thing, man. I think that's the first thing we need to get to. You have to avoid slow starts like this against better competition. Georgetown College did not really give up a whole lot of size in this one because Kentucky dearly misses their three seven-footers that did not play in tonight's exhibition. You got to see Kentucky immediately, this young group, take a punch in that first half. They responded very well in the second, but they were getting 
run up and down the floor. The pacing was off. They were getting sped up in their own gym. Georgetown College was doing all of these different things to kind of make Kentucky off schedule and off balance. And it was impressive. They were they were just uh, they were just putting in the work. They were putting a lot of energy, a lot of effort on the defensive end of the floor. You cannot have slow starts like that against teams like Kansas here in just a couple of weeks. Cannot afford that to happen. Uh, I think that again, this is coachable. I think you can change these things. Everything that Kentucky struggled with can be fixed, but this was not a great sign to see Kentucky kind of step out and then just kind of fall flat for 35 minutes of the game. You have to see better results earlier on in matchups. That's what Kentucky killed Kentucky at times during SEC play a season ago. It was really rough at times whenever you ended up losing some of those games because of the poor starts in the first half. You got to change it. You got to change it. You got a lot of new faces on this team, a lot of energetic young players let them get out there. Let them score. Hopefully, that will not continue, even though we got to see a little bit of that tonight. Justin Edwards is the second thing I want to get to here. So, Justin Edwards, as we have previously stated, struggles to get things going at the start of, of games offensively. He struggled throughout this contest. He was 3 of 10 from the floor, had 9 points, missed both, both of his outside shots. He had 8 total rebounds, which is always good to see. Even whenever he's not been scoring, he's been rebounding really well for Kentucky. He had four personal fouls, a couple of them ill-advised, one assist, two turnovers, no blocks or steals. He had a plus 17, plus minus margin, which was tied for second best out of any player uh, on the evening. So he did some really good things outside of shooting the basketball, played some pretty decent defense. But I would like to see him have a little bit of a different type of shot selection. I think some of those rushed uh, floaters in transition were ill-advised. I think that he could definitely reevaluate some of the different things that he does offensively. And I'm not saying to a dramatic degree. I'm just saying pick and choose your spots a little bit better. And I think that he's very capable of doing that. We got to see that during the global jam. Once things weren't falling, he got to uh, just kind of get comfortable with some easy layups. And then the outside shot did eventually come. So I think Justin Edwards is capable of taking that next step to become more efficient offensively. It's just, we've not gotten to see it early on in contest. And this one was one where it hung around for the entire game. So that's another negative. Again, I think it can be fixed. I don't think that that's going to be what Justin Edwards is for the rest of the season. We'll just keep an eye on it, though. DJ Wagner did not really do a whole lot statistically in this game. I think that DJ Wagner, again, like I said, just because, just because Rob Dillingham played well and DJ Wagner didn't, doesn't mean I think that we're going to have to swap guards here, uh, at least two starts, rather, because I think that Wagner can be more efficient scoring the basketball. He only had four points tonight. That was the worst out of actually any starter, including players on Georgetown's team. He was 2 of 9 from the floor, 0 of 3 from deep. He had, uh, what, four total rebounds, four personal fouls, a couple of them, just like Edwards ill-advised. Only one assist, no turnovers, though. He also had a pair of steals in 27 minutes. Uh, Rob Dillingham, by the way, 24 minutes in those 16 points. I think that DJ Wagner is going to be fine. I think he's going to be a good player for Kentucky. I think he's somebody that can end up being very clutch in close game situations. Tonight was just not his night, and that that is a negative, and we have to identify the fact that, hey, he didn't play well in his first exhibition game. I don't think that that's going to be consistent. I think he's going to be okay. Uh, just something to point out here as we talk about the good things that or the things that did not go Kentucky's way in, in this matchup. I think the two things that we also have to address here are rebounding, 
and team defense. The team defense is just not really here all the way. The rebounding was kind of okay. It was just a lot of scrappy um, diving for the ball, just Georgetown being very, uh, very physical, despite not necessarily having a ton of size. Neither does Kentucky. Um, just very aggressive uh, with what they with, with what they were trying to do on both ends. Understandably so. I mean, this is one of their. Uh, this would be a big opportunity for them to go out and show out on a really big stage. Obviously, the SEC network and getting to play at a place like Kentucky. I understand taking this as seriously as they did, and they played very well. It's a very good basketball team, well coached basketball team. I think they do what they do very well. Um, Kentucky has to Kentucky has to corral rebounds better than they than they did in this one. Even though I think they had like what a plus twelve plus fourteen rebounding margin in this contest, I still think it can be better uh, for the Wildcats. The team defense, though. You had so many different moments where the ball would get would get moved to one side of the court. Kentucky would kind of funnel it down to a side, and then they would not. And Jimmy Dykes pointed this out on the broadcast. And then they would not have somebody rotate over to help, and so it would just leave lanes to the basket. It would leave open shots, and so there were so many different moments in this game where Kentucky did not necessarily commit whenever they forced the ball to one side, or they were trying to slow down the offense, and then they would just leave open shots, and it just was a little bit frustrating. There were also moments where Kentucky overran things and overcommitted off of stuff like that, where it's like, oh my goodness, we've left open a three-point shooter, and I believe they fouled a three-point shooter four different times. Four? You can't have that happen. You can't have that type of defense play out and allow players to go to the charity stripe on you across the board. They shot, Georgetown College did, 23 free throws in this game. They made 18 of them. That's 78%. That will hurt you bad in games like, for instance, against Kansas early in the year, Miami as well. Those are some very good, experience-laden teams that will punish you if you are overcommitting consistently on the defensive end after making issues rotating or making your own problems rotating over. You have to be better on the defensive end of the floor. I think that that's something that is going to continue to be a problem. Uh, night in and night out for Kentucky until they get their seven footers back. And that's where I want to kind of take us here to, to wrap up this recap episode, the outlook for Kentucky basketball. I've got three things that I've just got overarching takeaways that are not necessarily good or bad. Before I dive into those though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at prize picks. Prize picks is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports It's literally just you against the numbers, and instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros or sharks, you can pick more or less than on two to six player stat projections, and you can watch the winnings roll in. Prize picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. They've got really quick withdrawals on top of that. It's easy gameplay. It's an enormous selection of players and stat types. It's what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. You can go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That is Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, wrapping up the Friday, Saturday, whatever day it is that you're listening to this edition of Locked On Kentucky. Really appreciate you tuning in. If you've got any thoughts on Kentucky basketball's season opener exhibition game against the Georgetown College Tigers, you can leave that in the YouTube comments below. Going to pause here a second for water. Bear with me. A little bit of a dry throat tonight. Uh, Been going hard in the paint with the podcast. Really appreciate everybody tuning in uh, on all the different podcasts we've been putting out recently. So three different takeaways. The outlook for Kentucky basketball heading into their second ex- ex- uh, blah, 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 exhibition game 
and then also their first couple of games of the season. Kentucky basketball needs their three seven-footers in this lineup to be elite. There are some really good pieces on this team. There are some very good guards. I think Trey Mitchell is a very good player, and if he can can continue to be as efficient as he is, he'll be a first-team All-SEC type of player. He's going to get buckets. He's going to get rebounds. He's going to shoot like he does from beyond the arc. He's going to be a forward on that first-team All-SEC ballot um, at the end of the year. But you need all three of your seven-footers in this lineup, I think, to be elite. It allows you to do a couple of different things. First of all, I think it allows you to display some serious length on the defensive end of the floor, not necessarily blocking shots, possibly swatting more passes, but whenever you have a player like Aaron Bradshaw out there, it just simply takes up more space on that end of the floor. You are going to have better things happen on that side of the ball if you have longer players out there. It will allow other players to adjust and will allow them to play and take on their matchups more comfortably because of the space that's being taken up by those individual seven-footers. If there's one or even two out there at the same time, for the time and if there's two, that's just going to be really tif- difficult for opponents to deal with. But it also, I think, allows Kentucky to be a little bit more dominant, I think, inside the paint on offense. There were some really nice moves that Kentucky's players made to finish at the rim at various points throughout this game against Georgetown College, but... You need a big man, a different type of big man outside of Trey Mitchell that can be a little bit more physical in the paint and back somebody down and get a bucket or can show off different post moves. I think Aaron Bradshaw could certainly be that guy. You're going to Nienzo, not going to be the best offensive player in the world, but I think statistically he's going to shoot a high percentage. Just different players that can give you different things in this offense. And then obviously it's Vonamir Ivasic that can stretch out to the three-point line. And if he can knock it down at a 32-33% clip, that hurts. That hurts an opponent really, really badly. So you need your three seven-footers here to be an elite basketball team. Kentucky needs their entire rotation to be good. Who would have thunk it? Um, There's not going to be a whole lot else to talk about with this team until they get those players back. Because even even in the losses, we can sit here and say, okay, Kentucky didn't shoot well here. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. They didn't do this. But man, think about what this game would have been like if it had been with their entire rotation. I understand that there are going to be other teams that Kentucky plays that are dealing with injuries, and that's not going to be a great excuse whenever you lose a game. If Kentucky lose third game of, loses their third game of the season to Kansas, I guarantee you there are going to be some there are going to be some Kentucky fans that blame it exclusively on we didn't have Hugo, we didn't have Aaron Bradshaw, we didn't have Big Z. And so, therefore, we couldn't do all of these things. It is a reason why the game may not be more competitive if Kentucky if Kentucky loses. It may be a reason why Kentucky's not more competitive in their losses, but it's certainly not the entire reason. Obviously, your players didn't play well enough to execute and then win the, win the basketball game. So, I think Kentucky will be okay, but they're going to be much better whenever they get those guys back. Second thing I want to talk about here. You cannot win games against elite competition with an eight-man rotation. That's what Kentucky basketball had tonight for the majority of the night. They need to have more bench depth, and that comes with having three seven-footers back in the lineup. What did we talk about, I believe it was two years ago, on this show, about Kentucky and their SEC games? You cannot go on the road and expect to compete consistently if you are playing like six or seven guys extended minutes and then one or two off the bench that just hardly get any minutes at all. They're just there to kind of check in to give those other players a breather. You cannot win basketball games doing that. You simply cannot do it. The final thing I want to talk about here that I've touched on a couple different times already. Uh, Kentucky, everything that they did tonight that they struggled with, 
they can be coachable on. They can be, they can improve it. They can fix it. Everything can be adjusted here. The team defense can be better. You can coach that. You can coach that by position and you can coach the team to communicate and understand it better. And you can coach effort. You can get effort out of your guys. Absolutely. You can also coach offense and spacing and adjustments. Kentucky can absolutely learn from tonight and make themselves better. I just want to see them play a little bit better at a little bit higher of a level, even if they don't score as much uh, the next game against, I believe it's Kentucky State in their exhibition game. So those are all of my takeaways. And I think that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hey, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore and follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments below and hit me on the socials. I will see you all on Monday for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and God bless.